Welcome to The Heart Zone, featuring George Cannon. This broadcast is a time of teaching and encouragement from Kerwinsville Christian Church. For more information, we invite you to visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. And now for a message from The Heart Zone. Here's George Cannon. We're looking at the whole issue of the condition of hearts, the condition of our hearts and the condition of hearts around us. And you and I know that when we deal with people, it's especially frustrating that when you are dealing with them and you are wanting to share with them about Jesus, the Jesus that is in your life, it's especially frustrating to see how they respond. And we've seen the response of the darkened heart that they don't really want to have anything to do with your Jesus. But there is another response that I think is the most frustrating for me as a pastor. And it's probably very frustrating for you as well. And that is, you'll see people who will respond for the moment. They'll even get excited. And then after a little bit, they're not there anymore. They don't want to have anything to do with it anymore. They get disappointed for some reason. And they're just off doing their own thing. And, I mean, that's, you know, it's one thing to be frustrated with a darkened heart. At least you know where they're at. But when you have somebody who responds and then decides that they're going to go do something else, that's pretty frustrating. In fact, that's very disappointing, isn't it? And so what we're going to see here is we're going to see what Jesus says about it. First of all, I want, you know, if you hold your finger in chapter 7, just if you go over a few, few chapters, chapter 13, back to the parable of the sower, what we're going to talk about is the seed that was sown on shallow ground. And what we're going to see is, is what Jesus says about this group of people. So, I want you to notice with me verse 20 and 21, and notice what he says there. But he who received seed on stony places, this is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself, but endures only for a while, for when the tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, immediately he stumbles. What we're going to look at here, first of all, is the issue of shallow enthusiasm. What's going on in the lives of these people, these people who, who make a decision for Jesus, who, who maybe are following him for a moment, or even for a while, or maybe even for years, and then all of a sudden something happens in their life, and they just decide, that's it, they're hanging it up, they've had enough with God, he didn't help them out, and they leave. What's going on there is the issue of shallow enthusiasm. Shallow enthusiasm. So, first of all, I want you to notice this, is that they responded to external stimulus. They responded to external stimulus. And you'll see that. People will come into a church and, you know, if they feel accepted, I've had this happen. I've had folks who will show up. They'll come and after one service, they'll sense, sense the family feeling and they'll sense everything. And immediately, right after the service, never met them before, immediately they'll come up to me and they'll say, Pastor, I want to join this church. And I'll say to him immediately, whoa, 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 you know, I'm glad you like it, but come out and hang out a while first before you make that decision. And usually I don't see them the next week. I've also seen this. I've seen people who were excited for Jesus for the moment because maybe they sensed the family feeling, they sensed everything, and then they, they stayed for a while 
And then something happened. And what really showed what was on the inside. And they didn't come anymore. See, you can get wrapped up in, in Jesus for a moment. He could even meet a need for a moment. The need for acceptance, the need for all of this. And it's, it's really just external stimulus causing them to make a decision. Because there's something else going on here. And what I want you to see is, and this is what Jesus is telling you and I, is that they did not develop internal conviction. They did not develop internal conviction. Everything was on the surface. Everything was for the moment. God maybe helped them out for the moment, but it didn't really root down into their life a conviction about who Jesus is. It didn't really root down into their life a conviction about what the gospel is and and the relationship that they can have with Christ. And the fact, and it didn't even root down in their life that maybe they were going to have a tougher time now because they're a Christian. See, the disservice that you and I could do to others is to tell them, oh, just come to Jesus and everything will be okay. Well, how many of you have been a believer for a while and know that everything isn't okay? If anything, it got worse, didn't it? Because now you're an enemy. You've got a target on your chest. The enemy is after you. He wants to discourage you. He wants to mess up your life. He wants to destroy your families. And and, and stuff doesn't get any better. And so what happens is in that shallow enthusiasm, they don't develop any any strength within their life. They don't develop any internal convictions about what really is true and what isn't. Everything's on the surface. They come to feel good. They come to feel accepted. They come even to have needs met. And as long as the needs are being met, and have you ever met folks who say that kind of stuff? They'll say, well, you know, I don't really want to go there anymore because my needs aren't being met. That expresses, can I be honest with you? A shallowness in their life. A major shallowness because they don't have any internal conviction. And so here's what happens. And this is the reality of what will happen. And this is this. External pressures reveal spiritual realities. Do you really want to know where people are at? Do you really want to know where they're at in their walk with God? Do you really want to know, are they really a believer of Jesus Christ or not? Then all you have to do is just watch for a moment, and when stuff happens, and stuff does happen, it will reveal where people are at. That's the truth. This is what Jesus is saying here. This person, they for a moment, you know, they were on stony places. They 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 sprung up. They were all excited. They had joy. I mean, they were happy. But then trial and persecution came. Tough times came, and they didn't last. It didn't last. In fact, some of you are doing this. Let me explain to you. Some of you are doing this. You maybe have someone in your life, and. You remember a time when they were excited for Jesus and everything, and then some kind of a problem happened, and they have given up on God, but you're still hoping, you're still resting in maybe a falsehood that they're okay. The implication here is they're not okay. They only made a shallow decision. See, because here's the thing. A decision for Christ is not a one-time decision, but a lifetime commitment. You understand what I'm saying? A decision for Christ is not just a one-time prayer by the bed or a prayer watching Billy Graham on TV. A decision for Jesus Christ is not me leading you through a prayer. A decision for Jesus Christ is a commitment to follow Jesus for the rest of your life. And it's reflected in your life. 
And what you see here with this with these folks are, is, yeah, they made a commitment, but their commitment was based on their enthusiasm for the moment. But when times got tough, and they'll get tough, and you know they'll get tough, they turned away. They turned away. They turned away. And I know, it's devastating, it's frustrating, it frustrates me. But it happens. Neil Orchard writes in a book, I was talking with a farmer about his soybean and corn crop. Rains were abundant. Results was evident. So his comment surprised me. He said, my crops are especially vulnerable right now. Even a short drought could be have a devastating effect upon them. I was perplexed. I said, why? He explained that while we see frequent rains as a benefit during the time when the plants are not required to push roots deeper in search of water, the roots remain near the surface. A drought at this point would find the plants totally unprepared and would kill them quickly. Some Christians, he writes, receive abundant rains of worship, fellowship, and teaching. Yet when stress enters their life, and it will, many suddenly abandon God or think Him totally unfaithful. Their roots have never pushed down below the surface. Only roots that grow deep in God help us endure times of drought in our lives. And the fact is, my friends, every one of us are going to go through times of drought. So here's the point I want you to see. You've got a big line there in your, in your sermon outline there on the back of your bulletin. Here's what I want you to write, because here's a spiritual reality, and you need to understand this. Trials will either draw you to God or away from God. Trials will either draw you to God. See, if you have a relationship with Him, and your hope is in Him, and there's inner conviction going on in your life, and it is, it is the essence of who you are, you've made a lifetime commitment to Him, when you face that difficult circumstance, guess who you're going to because He's your hope? God. You're going to Him and you're saying to Him, Lord, I need you in the midst of this. But I'm telling you, but if it's shallow which is what Jesus is describing here, if it's shallow, where there's no inner conviction, it's just enthusiasm for the moment, when that trial comes, guess what? I don't want to have anything to do with you, God. Why did you let this happen to me? God, why did you do this to me? Don't you know I love you? Why would you do this to me, God? And we blame Him. And think about what we blame Him for. We blame Him for life. Because, my friends, that's what life is, isn't it? Trouble after trouble after trouble. Problem after problem after problem. Difficult circumstances. See, here's the thing. Trials will either draw you to Him or away from Him. And that's the principle you and I have to grasp. They will either draw you to God or away from God. My question is, what are they doing in your life right now? You say, what do you mean? Every one of us here faces difficult circumstances. Some of you are going through difficult circumstances right now. And if you aren't, just wait. It's just around the corner. The question is, how are you responding? And what does that reveal about your life? How are you responding? And what does that reveal about your commitment to Jesus? Oh, you love Jesus when everything's going fine? But as soon as the pressure cooker turns up in your life, are you cursing him or are you blessing him? That's the issue. And that's what's going on here. There was a shallow enthusiasm. So now we get to chapter 7. So turn back over to chapter 7. And Jesus is going to talk to us about 
some builders now to kind of to help us to understand the distinguish between the two. Because you're sitting here and you're saying, well, you know, George, man, maybe I'm shallow. I don't want to be shallow. I don't want to have that commitment be a failure. I, I, Lord, I, I want to be a, a person who's strengthened in my inner convictions. What do I need to do? Jesus gives us a couple of things here, a couple of illustrations. We see them in verse 24 through verse 27. Notice with me what he says. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house and it did not fall for it was founded on the rock. Then notice with me verse 26. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rains descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on the house and it fell. And then notice what he says. And great was its fall. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to spend the rest of our time. We're going to look. We don't want to be people of shallow enthusiasm. We want to be people who are wise builders. So we're going to look at what the wise builder is, and we're going to look at what a foolish builder is, and we're going to look and look at some application for our life. First of all, look at the wise builder. Here's the thing. If you want to be a wise builder, he builds his life by applying Jesus' words. He builds his life by applying Jesus' words. That's a wise builder. He takes the sayings of Jesus, he takes the Word of God, and he applies it to his life and acts on it. He just doesn't know it up here. He knows it here, and it comes out with actions. That's a wise builder. See, listen to me. It's so important. If you think the Christian life is simply just accepting Jesus and showing up at church once in a while and giving money and an offering plate, you've totally missed it. You are setting yourself up for a problem. Because the next time some problem happens, you're going to be falling away. That's reality. Because the Christian life is more than just that. The Christian life is you realizing that Jesus is Lord and that what He has for me, I'm going to follow Him and I'm going to apply what He says to my life and live out in accordance with it. That's a wise builder. So here's what's going to happen. So if you're resting on my message to get you through the week, how many of you survive on one piece of pizza a week? Just one piece of pizza. I'm going to tell you right now, one piece of pizza ain't enough for me. You can tell. Let alone for the whole week. But yet, so many of you, that's what you're like. You're on one piece of pizza all week. You need more than that in your life. You need to be reading God's Word daily. We give you daily breads. We stick Bible reading cards in your bulletins. They're not there for you to throw in the trash. They're not there to fill up a landfill. Or to start a fire in your furnace. They're there so that you can use them because you realize, I'm going to be a wise builder. I need to know what God's Word says so I can apply it to my life. So when trouble comes, I'm ready. So that when trouble comes, I'm ready. Because you've got to get a whole smorgasbord. We're into buffets here, not just one slice of pizza. Why? Because you've got to develop that inner conviction. You've got to get the Word of God in your life, and you've got to start developing your life so that it can be what God wants it to be. Why? Because here's what he did. Because he built his life on Jesus' sayings, here's what he did. He was able to withstand the trials of life. He was able to withstand the trials of life. And again, let me just stop for a moment. If you haven't got this, you need to write this down. 
Life is tough, and it's getting tougher. Do you hear what I said? Life is tough, and it's getting tougher. Here's another one. Life will throw the kitchen sink at you. You need to realize that. Life is tough, and it's going to get tougher. And life will throw stuff at you, and you just need to be aware of that. Don't be caught by surprise. It's so easy in our culture where everything is wonderful and everything's fine to, to be upset when problems happen. But the problem is, is that's not reality. Reality is, is that life is filled with problems. And the question is, how am I going to respond to them? And the wise builder who built his life on applying Jesus' words to his life, whenever trials happen, he looked to Jesus then. He applied to principles to know how to respond to the issue. He looked at God and said, God, you are my refuge. You are my strong tower. I'll run to you in the midst of my storms. In fact, here, just appeared in my mind. Here's an illustration to help you understand. I use Brad because my, Brad's my favorite guy to pick on. Let's say I'm going through tough times, but I know Brad. Brad's, Brad's told me before, you know, George, you ever need anything? I'll help you. But you know what? I don't really develop the relationship with Brad. We kind of know each other on the surface. So when I'm going through my problem, I know that Brad can help me, but I don't really have the relationship with Brad to help me through the problem. So I face it on my own. And I get defeated. I get hurt. I get beat up. And I'm even angry because nobody's going to help me. But yet there's somebody who will help me, but I don't know him well enough to do that. See, the same thing happens with God. If you don't develop that relationship now, when problems happen, you won't know how to approach him later about it. In fact, you'll get angry because the relationship doesn't exist. The fellowship doesn't exist for you to go to him. But if you have the relationship, it's only natural that you'll go to him and say, Lord, you see what I'm going through? I need your help. Because there's a fellowship, there's a relationship there. See, that's what the wise builder did. He applied Jesus' sayings, developed that life, so when he was able to withstand whatever life threw at him then, he was able to withstand. But I want you to notice the foolish builder. Look with me at verse 26. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them would be like a foolish man who built his house on sand. Here's what I want you to see. He does not respond to Jesus' words. You know, he comes, he hears, he reads, he turns on the radio, he watches on TV, and, and the Word of God is there, but he doesn't do anything with it. He's a foolish builder. See, this is what's going on with a person who has shallow enthusiasm. They're excited about all the external. Woo! I'm with people who like me. Woo! Man, was that music great? Woo! But he doesn't get anything here. Because what he hears, he kind of just lets fall to the ground and he doesn't apply it to his life. In fact, James says this. James writes in James chapter 1, Do not be merely listen to the word, And so deceive yourselves. What does it say? Anyone who listens to the word and does not do what it says is like a man who looks at his face in the mirror. And after looking at himself, he goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But a man who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do this, not forgetting what he has heard, but doing it, he will be blessed in what he does. See, the encouragement is for you and I to apply it, but so many people, the foolish ones, 
They don't apply what they're hearing. They don't apply what they're reading. They don't apply what they're seeing. That's a foolish builder. He then goes on and says this about that kind of a person. His faith cannot withstand the trials of life. His faith cannot withstand the trials of life. Listen, I've seen that. I've seen that in folks who, who've been saved two years. I've seen that in folks who've been saved ten years. I've seen that in folks who've been twenty years, thirty years. Doesn't matter how long you've been saved. If you don't have any roots in your life in the gospel, if you don't have any roots in your life in the scripture, if you don't have any roots in your life in a fellowship with Jesus Christ, when a problem comes, and let's be honest, they get bigger, don't they? When a problem comes, if you don't have any roots, it's going to chop the legs out from underneath you and you're going to fall and the fall is going to be great. And you're going to walk away from God. You're going to walk away from God. It doesn't matter how long you've been in the church. If there's no roots in your life, if there's no strength, You've built your hand on, you've built your house, you've built your life on sand. And as soon as the storms of life come by, guess what? You don't have any foundation and you're going to get washed away. And my, how much have we seen that? Haven't you seen that? I've seen that, haven't you? Yes, we've seen that, haven't we, in people's lives. And we wonder why. We scratch our heads. And we wonder. And the reason why is they never had any depth to their life. Never had any depth to their life. Here's the point I want you to see. Three things. Number one, you've got to ask yourself the question, what is the condition of your heart? What is the condition of your heart? You're here this morning. You show up every Sunday morning. But maybe it's only surface. The commitment to Jesus is only just A surface thing. It doesn't really reach down into the essence of who you are. It's not even reflected in who you are. I mean, you're excited. You're wonderful. But you're, you know, you're just on the surface. And the problem is, is that you're on dangerous ground because you don't really have any deep roots into it and you're just waiting for the next big whammy to happen. In fact, you're not even ready for the next big whammy. When that crisis comes, it's just going to knock you down. And you're going to be devastated. In fact, here's what's going to happen. Your enthusiasm for God will become anger. You hear what I said? Your enthusiasm for God will become anger. And you'll get mad. You'll be so angry at Him because you thought that God was there for your happiness. And right now you're not happy anymore. So you'll get devastated and you'll just say, that's it. If that's what it is about, if that's what your God, I don't want to have anything to do with him and you'll walk away. Or maybe you won't be that open. You'll just quietly walk away. And we have those who do that too, don't they? They'll just maybe come one time and, and come, don't see him for another couple of weeks and then as soon as not two weeks, it's three weeks. Then it's not three weeks, it's a month. And then it's what? A couple of years. More than that. You never see them again. That's all because of the condition of their heart. Their hearts were shallow. 
Because when that disappointment entered in, it revealed where they were really at. It revealed the spiritual realities. And my friends, maybe you're here right now, and the question you've got to ask yourself is, what's the condition of your heart? Is there some depth to your life? Are there roots firmly planted in your life of the gospel, of the message of Jesus, and the fellowship that's with him? Or are they shallow, just waiting to be scorched by problems? That's reality. That's reality. So you've got to ask yourself that question. And so, here's the question. This is good, because remember now, this is what reveals things in our lives. How do you respond to the trials of life? How do you respond? Because remember what I said. You're going to go through it. You may be going through it right now. If you're not going through it, just brace yourself. It's coming. Just take a breather right now, because it's coming, isn't it? And isn't that why we say when it rains, it pours? Because sometimes when it happens, it just doesn't... One thing happens, it seems like everything comes loose. And you know what I'm talking about, because it's like, oh no, I don't got to face another day. What's going to happen today? But my friends, here's the point. How you respond reveals where you're at. How you respond in the long term. As I said, remember now, short term, everybody in the short term reacts. In the short term, even the most devastating thing can destroy any of us. But in the long term, because sooner or later, if there's commitment there, you'll come back around. You'll come back around. But in the long term, listen to me, in the long term, how you react to the stuff that happens in your life reveals where you're at in your relationship with Him. Because here, even this, you may be a Christian and you may be firmly rooted... If you react negatively, that's maybe pointing out something about it, something that's missing in your relationship with God. How you respond to trials is going to reveal where you're at. So then finally, here's what you've got to do. Apply Jesus' words to your life. It's that simple. You say, what? Simple? No, it's not simple. But the principle is, You know, you know, I live on, on Anderson Creek, and I think once every 30 years it overflows its banks with a hurricane that comes through. And every once in a while we hear people talking about, hey, you know what, they want to do some flood control there, and some people aren't happy about that. And, and what you do is, is, you know, you anticipate the next storm. You, you, they're, they're thinking about building up so that they anticipate the next overflow, so all our houses will be okay. All right? That's the same thing we do in our lives, don't we? A lot of us wisely will do things in anticipation of whatever the next problem may be, right? Well, you know what? You cannot have enough resources to face the next problem. You cannot have enough brain power to face the next problem. You cannot have enough health to face the next problem because life may throw something at you that you can't handle, you can't anticipate. But there is one thing you can do, and it's spiritual. And that is right now make the decision that I'm going to strengthen my spiritual walk with God. I'm going to start applying His Word to my life so that when the trials come, I have a foundation built on rock. And notice it says the rock. Who's the rock? Jesus. I have a foundation built on Jesus. And let the storms come. I may have some shutters blown off. I may have the roof blown off, but the house is still standing. Because it's on rock. 
you've got Jesus. So apply His words to your life. That's what we need to do. Is apply the Word of God to our lives. Thank you for being with us this morning. And we trust that today's message has been both challenging and an encouragement to your heart. At Kerwinsville Christian Church, a warm welcome is always extended to you. We're located at 700 State Street, Kerwinsville, Pennsylvania. For more information about our ministry, please visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. Now, on behalf of George Cannon and the entire church family, we hope that you will look to the Heavenly Father in all that you face this coming week.